is Shell Sorrow, and this is Fire and Soul, a community where awakening leaders and truth seekers gather to unite in sovereignty in today's triggered world. Featuring courageous and compassionate conversations, Fire and Soul will help you reclaim sovereignty in life, love, and leadership. Let's listen, learn, and stand together as models for our new world, starting now. Welcome back, Fire and Soul community. If you're new to the show, and I know many of you are, a quick little definition of the embodiment of what Fire and Soul means for me. Fire and Soul is empowered action, that's the fire, from an awakened soul, and that's soul, fire and soul. And we are in it, and we are in it together. And this show is growing so rapidly and so organically and beautifully, and I just want you to know how much it means to me that we are on this journey together. So welcome if this is your first time to the show, and thank you for tuning in. And of course, for my listeners who've been around, or for those of you who are newish, but going back and uh, taking in past episodes, it's it's clear in our consumption data. So I'm always looking at, you know, what's happening behind the scenes. Where are you tuning in from? Uh, and it's beautiful to know how worldwide this community really is. I want to say hello to all of my fellow Americans and my friends in Australia. My heart is with you in Canada. Yes, yes, yes. I see you. I'm here for you. I pray for you everywhere. The UK, Germany, Mexico, I love this, and Costa Rica. Those are the, some of the top uh, places in the world where we are really connecting in this vibration, in this frequency of the ascension. And I am so excited for today's conversation, but quickly I wanted to piggyback on last week's episode, uh, which was all around how to be an honorable warrior. And I gave a very powerful metaphor of if you choose, you could show up as a doula in this time as Mother Earth is clearly in labor. Humanity is going through the canal. There's a lot of very intense contractions happening, but a doula has been skill, is skilled and trained to be here for this process. And uh, it's a very powerful role. And I just wanted to say that there is a listener that I've actually known since junior high, who got a lot of value from that episode last week and even took to her Facebook page to uh, share the content. And so Marina, thank you for listening. Uh, and thank you for sharing. That's how this work expands. So every little bit of your contribution as a result of my contribution is how we make a real difference in this world. But Marina, uh, your statement on your Facebook post really moved me. He said, thank you, Michelle, for this, you know, the emoji prayer and some hearts as a trained birth doula. I felt that my training and my work have taught me to be a better warrior and human in so much more than my birth life. My soul has prepared me for this, all of this. Yes, yes. And so it is. What a beautiful reflection of, of uh, my share from last week. And thank you, thank you, thank you for those of you who listen, who share. Uh, I have a truly potent conversation uh, for you today. This is really special for me and I want to give it its credit where where I really feel it's due because I do share about this throughout the conversation with Ruby Freeman, but she truly empowered me because of the way that she was showing up and serving her community with this uncompromising potency, not only through her incredible best-selling book that I have read three times and I think should be the manual in this ascension process for a person like me and you who's like, whoa, woke up, don't even know how to navigate, but what if we took the mask off? What if we lifted the veil between who we once were, who we know we're growing into be, but there's that middle space, right? Of how do we navigate in those two paradigms? And I don't think I've ever seen anyone come up with like a true blueprint that will allow you uh, it's not just steps. It's beyond that. It's a process. It's an activation. It's an opportunity to first connect with yourself. And so for me, Ruby was deeply valuable as I was just beginning to truly wake up 
And I read her book. I started listening to her podcast, Potent Truth. And next thing I knew, within about a month's time, it was just this overwhelming sense of, I have to come out and speak for the truth that I know I'm here to serve. And I was mad about it. I was scared. I was so scared. But I just kept going back to her book, Potent Leadership, and I just knew for sure that this was going to be my way through of all of that discomfort and all of that concern about losing followers and friends and community and and maybe even business, but knowing that it was the right thing. It was the most aligned thing for me. And so I'm going to encourage anyone who feels called as a result of listening to this conversation, do pick up Potent Leadership, do go to her podcast, Potent Truth, do go visit her uh, beautiful, organic, from her heart, channeled wisdom content that she shares on Instagram uh, at I am Ruby. And I'll leave all the links in the show resources for you, as well as uh, checking her Telegram channel out. Uh, it's called Awake and Aware with Ruby Fremont. Again, I'll leave these links. And then if you feel called after you hear about this event that I'm attending, that she is a speaker slash uh, facilitator for called Soul Revival coming up on March 26th in Tucson, Arizona, just a one day of beautiful activations. Oh, I just heard my mail chime. Sorry about that. I have her bio up in my mail, so I wanted to read it to you. Um, so that's why that's still open. But anyway, these are all beautiful opportunities and potential invitations for you to follow the nudge that's pulling you forward on this ascension journey. In today's conversation, we talk about what potency is as the way that she describes it, but it fully resonates for me. We also explore why you can't see what you can't unsee. We dive deeply into cultivating more self-trust and what's been in the way of that for its truest, most empowered and embodied intention. We then touch on breaking free from the ways in which we're not fully trusting ourselves and loving ourselves that we can step into our potency and so much more. This is such a special conversation. I feel so honored to have had Ruby on the show with her precious time and her big heart and her calm, present energy. Here's a brief bio on Ruby. <laughs> She's a certified life coach, NLP practitioner, leadership mentor, speaker, and author of Potent Leadership. She has helped thousands of leaders gain the confidence to quit performing, crystallize their messaging, and lead their movements with integrity. She's an expert on personal growth and inner work. Ruby is the host of the top-rated podcast, Potent Truth, and has appeared in over 100 publications and podcasts. She's worked with her clients one-on-one -on -one or in group settings at her live retreats and in her group programs. Known for her big heart, no bullshit approach, and shamanic gifts, Ruby's work bridges the gap between practicality and spirituality, offering leaders an opportunity to create true inner expansion. Her favorite topics to speak on include potent leadership, and conscious entrepreneurship, which have landed her on stages around the world. Ruby sees herself as an advocate for humanity and uses her online presence to encourage her community to question the narrative and cultivate true sovereignty of mind, body, and spirit. She currently lives in Austin, Texas with her husband and their two doodles, Luke and Leia. I feel so excited to bring this conversation with you. I've been dreaming of this conversation since September of 2021 when I read Ruby's book and I put her at the top of my newly defined dream list, my ultimate dream list of guests that I would love and be honored to have them on the show. And she's finally here. So this is super, this is just a deep, deep honor. And I hope that you get as much from this as I did bringing it to you. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation that clearly embodies uncompromising potency with Ruby Fremont just gave a nice little introduction. Nothing can really encapsulate what you have meant to me in these past seven months of my awakening journey, but it is an absolute honor to have you on the show. Welcome. Michelle, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, you know, we're just starting to get to know each other, but I am just feeling blessed and honored to be here and to be in your presence. Thank you. Oh, so guys, can you already feel the calming energy? 
right? So I just want to invite anyone who's listening, wherever you are possible, just allow yourself to be in the present moment because we are going to dive deeply. Um, we're going to dive into the book that changed my life. You've heard me talk about it many times, Potent Leadership. Of course, I've encouraged all of y'all to pick it up if you feel called, Potent Leadership. Um, but before we go there, I'd love for you, I know that you can get your whole story in your book, which is why I want everyone to get that visceral reaction of just how vulnerable and open you are to pave the way for others to do the same. But a little backstory, how we got to this moment, if you wouldn't mm -hmm. mind sharing. Yeah. Um, so my entire life, I felt like I didn't have a voice and yet I was always the outspoken one. Uh, I always had an opinion. I always had something to say, but growing up and being raised in an Indian family, Punjabi Sikh with, um, you know, first generation parents, meaning me and my brothers were the first generation born in Canada. It was challenging for my parents, uh, for one, because they had never raised kids. And then two, they're raising kids in a completely different country. And so I was growing up in a different culture, but at home I had a different culture and what was acceptable in my Indian culture as an Indian woman wasn't, um, the norm for the culture that I was living in, in school with my friends. Mm -hmm. uh, and I learned very quickly, very early on. And I share a very personal story in the book, about this, but I learned very quickly that um, it wasn't safe to use my voice. And anytime I spoke my truth, anytime I asked my dad why, anytime I questioned anything, I would be shunned, I would be shut down, I would be punished. I was basically told how to act, how to be, how to dress, who to be. And as a human being and as a child, uh, I desperately just wanted the love and attention of my family of my parents. And so I started to conform and be what they wanted me to be. But mm -hmm. that also bled into my life at school. And I started to conform and just be what I thought other people wanted me to be so that I could be liked and loved and accepted instead of bullied. Mm -hmm. And that started to bleed into my relationships with men. And then that started to bleed into my career. And then lo and behold, I'm 20 years old. I'm getting married in my first marriage. And uh, that was the biggest crash course in identity clashing that I've ever had in my entire life. Very grateful for that experience. But it also showed me who I am not. And it was in my very early 20s when I started to experience um, the depth and the darkness of my depression. So for the majority of my life, I felt anxious. I had anxiety, but it was never diagnosed. I didn't know what it was. I just thought I was very emotional. Um, I suffered from depression, but I didn't really, I was never really diagnosed with it. And then all of a sudden that 22 years old or 23 years old, uh, my body started shutting down. There were mm -hmm. days I couldn't get out of bed. I was in so much physical pain that I went and got every test known to man. And I was diagnosed with clinical depression, um, anxiety disorder, fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, and PTSD. And from there, they put me on five different pharmaceuticals. And again, I'm mm -hmm. like 22, 23 years old. And mm -hmm. each of those pills had a side effect. And I was taking all those pills. And one of them was Ativan, which is a benzo, um, which is addictive. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved the, the feeling of the pill dissolving under my tongue because all of a sudden I wouldn't feel anymore. I wouldn't feel mm -hmm. the pain. I wouldn't feel the sadness. So I became addicted to that and started popping that like candy. And by the time I was 23, I attempted suicide. And that was one of the lowest moments of my life. And it was really just this, I had come to this place of feeling so deeply misunderstood and so off track with my life that I just didn't see any other way out. And mm -hmm. of course I'm here, I made it through, but when I made it through, I decided that I wanted to make an attempt to be better. So I started seeking out holistic support. And that was really my introduction to naturopaths and homeopaths and weaned off of my, my prescriptions and 
divorced my first husband. And then when that happened, I went out into the world for the first time in my mid twenties. It was, I was like 26 years old, single. Um, and that's when all of the inner pain started creeping up on me, you know, like I, I was doing well, but I was still feeling the depression. I was still feeling the anxiety. I was still feeling that pain. And I started self-medicating with alcohol, started going Mm. out, partying Mm. the whole time. What I didn't realize was that the, that internal pain that I was feeling, the inner suffering was really coming from a place of not feeling free to be myself. And Mm. so I was constantly in conflict with myself. And when you have that level of that depth of internal conflict, of course, it's going to create dis-ease in your body. And so slowly but surely, a few years later, I became an addict to recreational drugs. And that led me down a very downward spiral of abusive relationships, toxic friendships, again, trying to be everything for everyone, self-medicating with with, um, alcohol, with drugs, with partying, with, with late nights and long days. And, um, in 2012 is when I really hit what I call the pit of rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And that was when I ended a very abusive relationship and found myself not recognizing who I was anymore. And Mm -hmm. all those years of dimming my light of quieting my voice of pretending to be someone that I'm not just to please other people led me to become this shell of a human being that I didn't recognize in the mirror. And so 2012 was really the beginning of my journey of getting to know who I am, of uncovering my voice, my truth, my potency. And it's been a beautiful, tough, crazy journey since then. But it's one that led me to do the work that I do today, you know, after diving deep into personal development, just for myself, I realized that this is really the work I want to do. And this is how I want to devote myself to, to humanity is by giving back in this way, because if I can support other people in reclaiming their voice, that matters because Mm. for my, almost my entire life, I felt like I didn't have one. Mm. And I found that the more I shared online and showed up online in such a transparent way, the more people felt seen and heard in their own experiences, which is what I didn't have in my life. Mm -hmm. So that led me to become a coach and NLP practitioner. And um, what led me to really support leaders is the ripple effect. I love the work that I do. And I found that If I can really support the leaders, the ones who have a purpose, the ones who are here to make a dent on this planet in a really good way, Um, the ones who, who want to do it in a good way, because what I was seeing in the online space is a lot of people talking a lot of shit, um, bullshitting people, lying, manipulating to get what they wanted. And that's not what I wanted. I would, I want to live in a world that has a lot leaders that lead with integrity And so Mm -hmm. I started shifting my work towards leaders um, to really support them in reclaiming their voice, reclaiming their unique medicine and showing up in in their fullest expression, because Mm. that to me is what the world needs. That's the potency as Mm -hmm. described in the book. Uh, Thank you for that share. Really beautiful and made me tear up a few times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who can't relate to that depth of pain and especially as the light is really shining on the interior of our souls for anyone who is willing to see. And you are clearly like flooding. (laughs) I cut right, here it is. I'm revealing it all and I'm gonna share it so that I can give you permission to do the same. So thank you very much. Now, at what point do you wake up to seeing beyond the veil of the illusion of mainstream media, everything that's going on that I know my listeners are fully present too and it's, very heightened right now as we record on March, is it second, Um, right? Um, At what point do you wake up in that way that then shifts, I'm guessing, even probably how you're writing Potent Leadership, because I know you wrote it in your awakening year. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I want to preface it by saying like everyone goes through their own individual awakening journey. Like we cannot wake people up. And for me, you know, I was, I was born and raised in Canada. I didn't move to the U S until 2013. And so I will say the programming in Canada runs really deep. Like we are the nice people. We are the polite people. We are the ones that do anything for all the causes and devote ourselves to helping others. And if you watch like all the sci-fi end of the world movies, like people always get rescued by Canada, right? Like that's the story. Um, and, and what we're seeing now is how that is working against Canadians, right? Cause they've been quieted for too long. So when I moved to the States, there was a lot of cultural, um, issues that I wasn't privy to, nor had I ever experienced in my life before. And that's when I started to notice like something just doesn't feel right. Um, 2016, I remember that was the first uproar of BLM. And I remember seeing that. And I remember, (laughs) I remember going to Facebook and I typed hashtag all lives matter. Uh, I was crucified in the comments. Like, Oh, you posted hashtag all lives matter. Yes. I had something almost (laughs) identical happen. Yep. Because like, I, I just, one, I wasn't, I, it was just a lot of things like, especially now, even talking about it, I'm in a completely different headspace with all of that, but just to experience the crucifixion and people not willing to have conversations, um, that was really interesting. And that was where I first started to get really curious about Mm -hmm. what's really going on. And then 2020 hit in March, 2020, I literally had just started writing my book and had written a good chunk of it. And I remember by summer 2020, you know, at this point I'm like, this is something weird going on with this COVID shit. Like I'm not really buying this anymore. There's conflicting stories enough to make me ask questions. And I was courageous enough to ask questions and do my own research, which was the beginning of the matrix and the illusion crumbling for me. And then BLM came up again. And there was just 2020 right here in LA, which is where you were at the time. Okay. Yeah. And I was just like, there's something like I got emotionally charged in that. And then the charge started dissipating within a few weeks. Cause I was like, there's just like distraction after distraction, after distraction, like there's something that's not right. And I leaned into that feeling mm-hmm. of something's not right, which continued mm-hmm. to help me break through the illusion to mm-hmm. uncover the like, what I perceive as truth, right? Because truth, I believe is very subjective. We all have truths and we can all see things differently. But what I started to uncover really resonated with my soul and spirit. And that's what mattered. Like I didn't go into this and just follow a bunch of memes and say, this is what I decide. Like this isn't about left or right, black or white. There's, this is about being in the gray and being in the unknown and being able to see, being courageous enough to see past the programming that we've gone through for generations to uncover what actually feels true. So Mm -hmm. I went through that process rapidly in 2020. And, you know, I was sitting in tons of plant medicine ceremonies too, because I'm very avid in that space. And I, it was like, I felt reborn in a way, um, free of the cages that I was in and my book began to evolve. I started deleting chapters altogether, rewriting chapters. It was, the book was supposed to come out in September, 2020. It came out in like June, July, 2021. And yeah, it was, it was a process that I needed to go through on my own time in my own way, even though, you know, one of my best friends has been speaking about this for 10 years mm-hmm. and I would be like, okay, cool. That's what you believe. 
So it wasn't <laughs> that I didn't have this information. I did. It's mm-hmm. just, I had to go through my own process. And that's what we need to understand right now is like, everyone just has to go through their own process. And some people just aren't going to go through that because they don't want to see things differently because it's really safe to see things as they are. Yes. Yes, totally. I had a very similar experience and thank you for giving that um, context. Uh, There's so many things that you said in there that I could piggyback on, but I'll just go right to finding your book and how it's helped me. Um, So thank you, thank you, thank you for examining and re-examining and, you know, Brett Jones, Dr. Brett Jones, who was recently on your podcast called Healing Codes with with, uh, him such a potent conversation. And I know that you guys have your, your soul revival coming up at the end of March. I will be there guys. I'm not affiliated just like, Hey, go check it out. Um, and I'll leave the link, but, um, he was, you guys were talking about the reorganization of self, um, and how much courage it takes and how much humility that takes to really get present with, I don't even know how to move forward there or here or Right. So just like learning how to come back into harmony within our within our own soul. But we've been so fucking distracted and so numbed out and so divided. I don't know if people really understand who they are. And you wrote something about that um, in your book. I am going to find it in this moment. Stand by because it is worth it. Um, yeah. It's chapter 14. You can't unsee what you now see. I have highlighted a lot of parts, but this is all around, I think, dovetailing into self-trust, which is really highlighted, and you dig deep in chapter 19. But you said, but have you ever stopped and asked yourself why you don't feel safe to be seen? And then you go on to expand into, we don't even know who we are. So I'd love it if you could just expand on that a moment here, because there's so much confusion. Even if you're awake, it's... There's so many different degrees of being awake. I don't know how awake I am yet. I'll only know with time, right? So I've got certain friends that know about like the jab, but yet they still fundamentally and wholeheartedly have devotion to BLM, right? So it is just, it's a very complex thing, but I think it's because we haven't really sat with our soul. We haven't met who we really are, but since you're here and you just dropped such beautiful, potent truth. I'd love for you to share a little expansion on that. And then I'll dive into what my life looked like after I found your book. Yeah, definitely. Um, I believe it's because we as human beings uh, have become accustomed to labels. From a very early age, uh, we started labeling ourselves. If you think about school, like there's like the cool kids, the athletes, the this, the that, the different cliques, like there's labels that the nerds, the whatever it is, like there's just labels that are thrown around and um, we become accustomed to that. And we start to identify ourselves with those labels. And that's what I feel we're seeing right now is just people going through this identity crisis of Mm. like, well, I've known myself to be liberal my entire life. Like, this is who I am. If I'm not this, then I'm this other horrible thing. And again, it's like, it's just the labeling. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's a real identity crisis that comes with that because if I'm not this label, if I'm not this identity, then who am I? And that question, who am I, is so daunting and can be so scary and overwhelming for a lot of people mm-hmm. because they're not ready to really dive into that. You know, and we've never been taught how to, if you think about school and, and the system, none of it was about who you be and who you are and understanding your truth. All of it is learning how to be, learning what to do, learning what's going to get you places. And it's always about do, do, do more, 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 this very linear way of living. There's never this slow down, drop in, ask yourself, who are you? How do you take care of yourself? How are you loving yourself? Let's connect to the earth. There's nothing like that. We have never, we were never raised with anything like that. And Mm -hmm. so we have this society of people who are gripping so tightly to their labels, whether they're conscious of it or not, right? Like the classic label I can think of is like vegan or plant-based or carnivore, like the food labels, the diet labels. People become so attached to the label. It's like, but I'm a vegan. If I'm a vegan, that means I'm a good person. That means I'm spiritual. That means I'm this. That means I'm that. Even more spiritual. Exactly. Now there's hierarchy and spirituality. Yeah, it's crazy. But this is what we do. And Mm. so 
the invitation that I want to offer people is, are you willing to experience the freedom that comes from being label-less, mm. right? Are you willing to uncover who you be beyond the labels? And mm. I was willing to do that. I was willing to explore and it was scary as fuck. And it was hard at times because these so-called truths that I believed were no longer truths to me. They were false. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you can be, I have this, uh, friend, I have a few friends actually, you know, uh, black Republicans, um, gay Republicans. Like I, I have friends all over the board and it, and it's like, they're so upfront about saying, Hey, I can be black and I can be Republican. And I can also, like Trump and not believe in this, but also support the LGBTQ community. Like I can be all these things. Mm-hmm. The labels that we've created in society are literally like these buckets that you have to fit in. And that's mm-hmm. not how we operate as human beings. We are multifaceted, multidimensional mm-hmm. with uh, different beliefs that we get to own and we get to be. And so for that reason, you know, the, that's the invitation I give you is like, are you, are you just willing, are you willing to, to drop the identity, to explore who you be, to experience the freedom that comes from being labelless? Yes. Dropping the mask. And I think when there's, there's no sense of who we be without these labels and being in the midst of a global identity crisis, um, that's been very well curated and orchestrated on the most sophisticated level. Um, Yeah, we're all literally being asked to just drop to our knees and just, I, if it were me in this moment, because I went through all this in September, October, November, December, um, and I've shared very vividly on this show, so my listeners know, but it was just show me who I am, show me who I truly am in the divine quantum realm. Right, like so, because I couldn't make sense of anything. Mine was fast. It was like ripping the bandaid off. Life was one way one day, and whoop, it was the next way. And I couldn't even drive. I didn't know how to show up on social. I didn't know how to. I couldn't drive for over two months. I didn't know how to get back in my car and make it work. Um, but that was such an important time for me to figure out who I be. So now I'm feeling strengthened, feeling fortified by my divine alliance and just beginning to get out there again beyond this podcast. Speaking of, I wanted to share about that and then we can, I'd love to talk about self-trust because that was such a beautiful, important part of your book for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I found your book, I somehow found you by the grace of God on Instagram. That's where I came across you. I don't know how, but we follow similar accounts. So maybe I saw a comment and then followed that nudge because last year, my one word intention was curiosity. I did not know that it would change my entire life. And I am so grateful that it did this year. It's awakening on the deepest levels, like just not more info and data. I think I have enough. I'm good, but awakening to the truth of who I am and who we all are as a humanity. And so I found you, then I found your book, read it, devoured it, and then started listening to your podcast. And it was maybe, yeah, actually I have the date. It was when you had the podcast episode, How to Stay Centered in a Triggered World on September 13th of 21 with Matt Gottesman, who's been on the show. I was like pissed and liberated and righteously rageful all at the same time. I was so confused because like, fuck, I have to come out. Mm-hmm. I have to come out. I'm remembering it right now. It was so visceral. I was crying. I was like, my mom was there for me. And I was just like, nothing in my business can be the same. I don't know where to start. How do I do this? And she was like, you are completely rewriting your life right now. And you get to choose consciously. Don't rush it. She was a beautiful guide for me in that moment. And for many, many nights when I would lay in her arms, because I didn't even know how to be. Um, But if it weren't for you, and if it weren't for you leading the way first, so honestly, so bravely, uh, so vulnerably, and I was just like, I don't, I couldn't even call it bravery by then. It was like, I don't have a choice. I was being pulled. There was no other way. I could not see what I had seen. Right. So it was like, you can't go back to sleep. And yet your soul 
is letting you know you have been prepared for this moment. You've come across this book. You've come across this truth on Potent Truth podcast of yours. And then that just opened me up, the floodgates, right? It was like, whoa. So it's been a wild, wild ride. Um, I'm in a much better place now. I feel very clear about it. But what I wanted to share is I was afraid to say anything on social media. I was still convinced that if you shared without airplane mode being on, they were going to come to your door and like put you in prison or maybe kill you, right? Like these were very gnarly thoughts back then. And, um, and I had a business coach that I hired. It was a fancy, you know, business coach that said, if I ever came out with my truth, I would annihilate my business. Well, he's right. Guess why though? Because it's not aligned. It's not aligned. And so I'm in the middle of something else. I was like, well, I'll share my podcast because I can be honest on my podcast. I felt so supported by my team on my podcast and what my listeners don't know. And I'm just going to share it right here. I was canceled in early January. I'm not judging her for canceling me. She did what she thought was best for her within the realm of her understanding of what's going on in the world. But so this has been like a massive soul revival for me to tap into my own true potency and to get clarity on trusting myself, trusting this has all happened for a divine unfoldment. I have everything within me to move forward and to serve with the potency that I have now discovered is my truth. And so here we are, but I've gotten there through a lot of deep work and, and your guidance and I'm really happy and grateful to be here. I know my work will never be complete. I'm just beginning. But there's this thing about self-trust. And so you have a beautiful illustration of the, the distinctions between self-trust versus lack of self-trust. But rather than me just reading it, I'd love for you to expand on it. And thank you for your patience as I shared a little bit more context of how I got here with you in this moment that feels like a divine gift. Mm, yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, self-trust, self-trust. So this was interesting <laughs> because I really didn't know that I lacked self-trust. Mm. Um, I really didn't. And it wasn't until, and I talk about this in the book until I went into the deep Amazon jungle of Peru. And I mean, like deep, I didn't go to a fancy center. This was like a rustic rural center in the middle of the jungle, with um, spiders the size of your palm and yes. yeah I mean mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. and all over the place um yeah. <laughs> bucket for and, your bathroom. Mm -hmm. yes yep I, I, and it was a I went there for a 14-day dieta with plant medicine and yeah I was just put in I put myself in a situation where if I didn't learn to trust myself and trust myself quickly mm -hmm. it could be the most horrible, horrifying two weeks of my life mm. because I was so scared. I mean, the jungle is a scary place. It's really noisy at night. It's so dark there, you know, cause there's no lights on. You can't even see a few feet in front of you. If the moon is covered, um, there's spiders everywhere, all sorts of weird sounds. Like I, I really had to learn. And then plus add to that, that every other night we're drinking ayahuasca and after the ceremony, I'd have to find my way, stumble back into my hut. So I had to learn really quickly how to trust myself. And what I didn't realize is how much I didn't trust myself in all areas of my life. Mm -hmm. um, that when you're lacking self-trust, you question yourself more, you question your decisions. Um, you're, it's really easy for you to fall off of alignment in your life and, and, and surround yourself with the wrong people or make decisions that aren't really fully aligned with what you value and what you hold most meaningful. Um, people pleasers are often people who don't trust themselves um, as I was, uh, or even those who strive to be perfect perfectionist type a, um, we don't trust ourselves. And when I started to learn how to trust myself, the message came in very clear in the Amazon. I returned from the Amazon and, and prior to the Amazon, you know, I was hosting three day live events in LA with hundred people. I was doing everything. I was on every platform. I was doing almost daily videos. Like I was everywhere all the time doing all the things and very successful. Um, I came back and it was like, holy shit, 
how much of that came from a place of not trusting myself? How much mm. of that was really coming mm. from my heart versus coming from a place of who I thought I needed to be in order mm. to create the life that I really wanted? When deep down inside, all I want is just to fucking be me and feel free to express who I am and like serve my real medicine and not do anything else. And so that was the beginning of a complete shift in my business and my presence and my friendships and everything, because I really started dropping in to my own inner knowing and my own inner truth. It's like everyone has intuition. Everyone has an inner knowing but not very many people listen, right? That's not right. very many people trust that voice inside of them. And for me, it was a deep practice of really learning how to trust that voice, to trust the gut feelings, to trust mm. my instincts, to mm. trust my own medicine, to trust that I know, like at the end of the day, I know what's best for me. Mm. And right now in humanity, what I see is just a society of people who don't trust themselves. And why? Because we have been taught and programmed to trust other people before we trust ourselves, right? We've been taught to trust the authorities. We've been taught to trust those who quote unquote, know better than us or who are uh, quote unquote, more educated than us because they have a different degree or an MD before their name. We've been taught to trust the people in the white jackets, to trust people in uniforms, all before we trust ourselves. It's mm -hmm. ludicrous. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying like beginning of 2020, I was one of those people. And now I'm just like, wait a second. Mm. Beyond the uniform is another human being just like me who, who is prone to human error, right? Mm -hmm. So we have a society of people who do not trust themselves, which is why they grip so tightly to the opinions of others, to um, the quote unquote science, to what they're being told, to the media. Again, we've been taught and programmed to trust the media, to trust the mainstream media. Anyone on TV. Yeah. Anyone on TV. Exactly. And when you begin to make the shift to trust yourself, that's when you start to ask questions, that's when you begin to get curious. That's when you start to question things that don't immediately sit well. And the easiest way I can explain this and everyone listening can try this is like when you hear a piece of information, okay, what it, whatever the information is, when you hear a piece of information, drop into your body and see, does your body feel like it's in a state of constriction, contraction, or does it feel like it's in a state of expansion? And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is con contraction is like you you tighten up your muscles, you tighten up your gut, um, maybe your shoulders are rolled forward, uh, whereas expansion, your shoulders are rolled back, your, your stomach muscles are not tense, you're more in a relaxed state. If you're in a state of expansion, then it's some, the information that you've just heard is, is aligned, right? That, that feels aligned with you. But if you're in a state of contraction, there's something there, there's an invitation for you to question, to dive deeper, to research more, right? But then again, that step takes courage. You have to have the courage to do that. So that's what self-trust is all about. And that's why I needed it to be a big part of the book, because if, if that's the only thing people take away from the book is to learn how to trust themselves, to yes. learn how to cultivate self-trust, everything would change everything. Yes. Oh, couldn't agree more beautifully said. And uh, it's like, you're a sister on the fire and soul path, because one of the teachings that we talk about a lot on the show and in this community is all around that principle of expansion versus contraction. And another way that I, I always notice is, am I breathing deeply or is it shallow breath? And the beautiful thing about the divine intelligence of our body and our intuition, if we allow ourselves to get present is a breath is oftentimes the gateway to be able just to at least just see what's going on. You know, there's no effort you just like allow ourselves to get back to the present moment. Um, so beautifully said. One of the things that came up for me in this very profound, very quick journey that I've been on, I say quick because it's been recent, but it doesn't mean that it won't be the rest of my life um, or soul's contract, was I didn't know how much fucking fear was running me. I had no idea. I was like, no, I'm not afraid. Like, are you kidding? I create my own destiny. I was raised by Tony Robbins teachings and I still 
cherish what I learned in his live rooms because it was the first level of me getting a lot of more um, conscious mastery. It'll never be over, but around my own mindset. And that was important. It was the first few years of me being on this journey. But then the spotlight was so shining into just everywhere in my nervous system. I'm like, I'm afraid of everything. I am afraid of everything. What people will think, did I say it the wrong way? Did I post just the right thing? The edit, oh shit, you look really wrinkly today. Put a little filter. No one will notice it was just a little filter. All the things, and I was like, fuck, I did not know how much it was running me. So then I was invited to just to dig deeper of like, can I trust that I can love myself before anyone else is going to love me if I rip off all the mask? And I haven't done it fully on social and I can, be, I can own that, but I know it's coming next. But just even just starting there, it was like, that was an access point for me. And if there's anything that you wanted to add onto that or that you, uh, you know, just came to you of just the fear, I think is just, we don't know who we are. The labels, you know, the identity crisis, the looking to external authorities to tell us how to think and feel and be. And it's just like, is there just this utter lack of self-trust, which we know, but at the root, is it truly the fear versus the love, which is the duality of the 3D? Mm, yeah. I mean, there's so much of society is living in fear right now. And um, I've trained myself now to notice to be hyper aware of my nervous system. And I'll be the first to say that there are days even now when I wake up in my nervous system and is, is in a state of fear. However, I now yeah. have my own techniques and rituals to get me out of that. Um, yeah. But for so many people, including myself, like we just live unconsciously in the state of fear and it becomes our norm. Like we're used to being in fight, flight or freeze. It just becomes our norm, right? And, um, when you're in a state of fear, you can't, there's actually no way for you to think critically. Like the critical thinking part of your brain is shut off and mm. that's what they want. This is why they continue to throw things at us. That's that drives fear because mm -hmm. it turns that part of the brain off. We cannot think critically. We cannot think for ourselves. We cannot think outside of what we're being told and shown. So mm -hmm. it's important to really recognize what it feels like in your body when you're mm -hmm. in a state of fear, because it can be so subtle. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it's not like you have an anxiety attack and your hands are shaking. It can be super subtle. And then what it feels like to be in a state of, of love, of expansion, of, of openness, there is mm -hmm. a difference. And unfortunately for a lot of people, do they just haven't experienced the opposite? They just haven't experienced being in a state of openness, of, of expansion, of love for such a long time that they've forgotten that it exists, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's really important is just to learn how it feels in your body to be within those two different polarities, because if you can begin to recognize that, then that is a way for you to take back some of your control, right? Because as long as they can keep you in a state of fear, they have you under their control. Right. Which by the way, of course, we can look back on this and it's so obvious, but every other small business was closed except liquor stores, right? Costco, big bulk crap food for the most part. Um, and so I think for me, I didn't drink for four years. And then when the pandemic happened, being in LA and just the hysteria of Santa Monica was like 95% completely woke. Not a judgment is just, this is why it no longer resonated for me. And that shocked me. But um, I started drinking again. And I was like, wow, okay, because I just didn't want to feel. And, uh, and, and so I have so much empathy for those that they wouldn't even know their fear or their lack of self-trust because they, they anesthetize and anesthetize. And I know you get it because you're a former addict. I don't know about you, but I probably always will be, although I'm not a label person. How long are you willing to continue to sacrifice what's rightfully yours? That hit me like a ton of bricks. So let's talk about breaking free. What's at stake for those who are not quite as open or willing to look at this for the seriousness that it might be without us knowing what that might be for them? 
I mean, for, for a lot of people, there's nothing at stake because they, they don't see it all. Right. That's so right. there, there's nothing at stake. It's almost like the more that you see, the more you have at stake. That's how mm. this works. You know, the, the, the more you start to, uh, to see past the illusions, the more you have at stake mm. and ultimately your sovereignty, your freedom. And I mean, freedom in all ways, your freedom for self-expression, your freedom to be who you be, your freedom to choose what's best for you and your family and your health. All of that is at stake, right? Uh, your, your freedom to do what you want in terms of uh, your income, your money, <laughs> like all, 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 all of this is at stake, right? And, it. yeah. and, and it, again, it, it's like the, the more you see past the illusions, the more you realize is at stake. And that's why, uh, that's why I think the awakening path is one that is really for the brave souls. Because once you start to realize that, <laughs> like, oh my God, wait, do I really want to keep going? Because and you can't come back. So you're basically fucked. Right. You have to expand. Yes. Yeah. So uh, there's so much at stake. And um, if we look at the totality of it all of the future for humanity, like uh, we don't have kids yet. We may or may not. However, I think about the children in this world. I think about my nieces and nephews. I think about uh, all these kids and, and the world that we're going to be leaving for them. And to me, that, that is not a world I want to gift to the next generation at all. You know, mm. what are we just puppets controlled by puppet masters? You know, mm. it's, it's a giant game of Simon says that mm. that's, that's not what my soul signed up for. And I don't think that's what anyone's souls signed up for. Mm. Really well said. I have to ask you this. I mean, while you don't have a crystal ball, how do you see this ultimately revealing itself for humanity? Hmm. I think they underestimated the people greatly. Mm -hmm. Um, 1000%. Uh, yeah. I, I, I always have faith in humanity. The power really lies in the people. And that's what everyone needs to realize. The power lies in the people always. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's more of that us than there are of them. And they greatly underestimated our, um, who we are and our ability to think critically and our ability to band together and the power of social media and the power of the internet, which is why there's such a rush now to, to censor, to shut down, to, um, vilify, <laughs> you know, people who speak up. Um, and I think they're going to continue to underestimate us and that's going to be the downfall. I think things are going to continue to get worse for a little while before they get better. Because unfortunately, if you think about rock bottom moments, right? Um, mm -hmm. The majority of people to create a massive life shift need to reach a state of rock bottom in some way, shape or form. There are those who will just realize it and change, but most human beings need to reach some level of a rock bottom. So humanity needs to reach a level of rock bottom, meaning there are a lot of people who are kind of on the cusp and still wanting to grip tightly to what feels quote unquote safe. Mm -hmm. So things need to get a lot scarier to shake the world up and to make people realize what's really at stake. Cause right now there's a lot of rah-rah people. There's a lot of rah-rah people who see through the veils. And what I mean by rah-rah is they preach a lot online. They, they talk through their megaphones, but in real life, they're not changing their businesses. They're not changing the way they do things. They're still living in this safe little box. Mm -hmm. They're also going to realize like, shit, that's, I can't continue living like this. Like the world is actually changing. And, <laughs> and so we're going to start to see a lot of that. And I think things are going to get a lot worse. So buckle up before mm -hmm. they start to get better. Um, but with that being said to have faith and to continue holding the line and taking a stand, mm -hmm. we cannot sit back and just watch things happen. We have to continue to stand up for what we yes. believe. We have to continue to speak up. We have to continue to rise together, to connect with each other, to 
to really show them what we will not tolerate. That's super important. Um, So things are going to get worse before they get better, especially because we have to see a complete crumbling of the systems before we can build new ones. Yes. And do you have faith in this moment that that is going to happen? Yes. A thousand percent. So do I. And I don't, I can't explain it. It doesn't seem rational, but I just have this fundamental belief. I have, I have a deep, um, yeah, deep faith, but I agree. It's going to get a lot darker and a lot of scary. It's got to impact people on a direct personal level. Um, You would think that they would have woken up a little more now, but I understand all the reasons why it would be so hard to, because the fear is making it impossible to think critically, to see beyond the veil, especially with what's going on right now in Russia and Ukraine. And then, you know, just completely dismissing what's happening in Canada and what's on route for DC here with the, the uh, people's convoy, freedoms convoy, they call it freedom convoy, they call it something different. Um, yeah, I have faith too. And this is important, right? Because that's a strong alliance. And, and there are, I believe, who knows what the real number is. I think there are just as many of us awake and believe in a better future as asleep or maybe even more, who really knows. Um, so I believe my role, my potency in this time is not to wake others up, not to get the people in the middle of the mass formation to do something differently or to come over to this other little camp of the mass formation psychosis you know, concept. It's to lead by example, to embody the light of the world that I wanna help to co-create and be really open and transparent when I'm scared and curled up in a ball and don't even know how to show up, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's real too. This is intense. And your teachings on your podcasts, in your telegram group, certainly within potent leadership and everything that you share online, specifically Instagram is so deep. And so for anyone looking for like, not to mimic, but where can I strengthen? Where can I fortify? If you're just looking for a little bit of that as a reminder and as a reflection of who you really are, definitely go and check out all of the resources that I'm going to leave. Um, any final words before we wrap? And then I'll, I want to share about Soul Revival really quickly because it would be a wonderful place for some of my community to meet up there as well. Yeah, I, I want to just expand on what you just shared. Uh, it's so important to have faith. Uh, what I like to say is I believe in human beings, period. Mm. Like mm. I believe in human beings. I believe that we all deep down inside us know what feels right and what doesn't feel right. I believe in human beings and I have faith that enough of us will turn the tides and pave the way for a new earth, for a new way for humanity to live, to thrive off this land together, united. And it's going to take time, but I believe in human beings. And that's something that I think we can all fall back on. And so it is beautiful. Thank you for that. I got really moved by that. Thank you. Thank you. Soul revival coming up. This episode's going to drop just a few days from now. So there's plenty of time. Hopefully there will still be tickets. Can you speak briefly on that? And then I'll leave all of the show resources uh, in the description. Yeah. Soul revival. I think it's coming at a perfect time. I mean, this event was planned for 2020 and everything got shut down. We had a very small version of the event in 2021. And this year is, is the event that we have been planning for so long that Dr. Brett Jones has envisioned. And what I can tell you for certain is every single speaker involved is not just a speaker. They are a facilitator. And there's a massive difference because you're not just going to be sitting in a seat, listening to people talking and preaching at you. You're going to be led through practices, through rituals, through experiences that are meant to ignite a a transformative experience. And Mm. what's great about this event is, is really the people that it's attracting, right? It's a lot of sovereign souls. It's people who are really doing good work in this world. And so it's a, an amazing place for you to also cultivate community. Cause I know a lot of people as they're going through their awakening process, they're starting to detach from old friendships and they're feeling alone. This is a great place for you to find new people to connect with people and to just 
offer yourself one day. It's a one day full day. I know. Just offer yourself this one day for one yourself. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, you're going to leave feeling elevated, feeling seen, feeling connected, feeling heard. Mm-hmm. And it's also just going to be really fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, I, oh my God, by the end of 2021, I was like, nothing's fun or funny anymore. Yeah. Nothing. Right. And that's, that's really how it felt for six months. And that entertainment, I can see right through it all. I couldn't do it, obviously. Um, yeah, a little fun would go a long way. And also it's a soul revival. So if anyone is really looking to cultivate more of that self-trust within a like-minded, safe, sacred container. Um, And I had the privilege of listening to Dr. Brett Jones on your podcast recently, um, and I'll link to that as well. Um, And I was just like, the humanity of these two showing up so beautifully on your podcast, Ruby, I was like, yeah, I wanna go get into that room and I want to contribute and I wanna receive and I wanna increase my capacity to receive and simply be. I haven't allowed myself to be in so long, like really be back in the world and be social and get on a plane, like what? I've had five trips planned and canceled, you know, over the past many months. Mm -hmm. So um, I will be there, it's March 26th in Tucson, Arizona. It's very affordable, deeply affordable, which I believe was also just a very generous act on behalf of uh, everyone involved. So if it calls to any of you, meet us there. I'm obviously not an affiliate, um, but I'm an advocate for your well-being and for you stepping more fully into what's pulling you forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. It'll be great to connect with some of you in person. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Ruby, thank you very much. Where's the best place these days to connect with you? Your favorite, your favorite uh, platform. <sighs> okay. No. Um, <laughs> How do you answer that? As I of mean, March second. <laughs> As of March 2nd, I'm still on Instagram at I am Ruby. Um, and that's probably the only social media platform that I am super active on. Aside from that, I have a telegram community called awake and aware, and you can go to rubyframon.com forward slash telegram to join that community. I also, um, have a text messaging service. If you text hashtag potent truth to one seven, eight, one, three, three, six, zero, one, six, zero, you'll start receiving weekly potent truths from me. And you can also text me directly. The text messages come to me on my phone and, um, we can chat. And of course, uh, grab my book potent leadership. It's on Amazon. It's also on audible. And if you like listening to books, the audible is a real activation. If you like reading books, the actual physical book is super sexy and feels good to the touch, which was really important. (laughs) So Um, true. So you can go to potentleadership.com to grab that. And then anything else, if you want to learn more about me or my work, just go to rubyframon.com. Oh, awesome. and of course, I always forget my, my, I have a podcast, podcast. everyone. You woke my little booty up. Yeah. Potent, <laughs> Potent Truth. Potent Truth <laughs> podcast is on all podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, all the things. Plus you can find it on YouTube under my, per, my uh, business YouTube platform, which is I am Ruby. Awesome. Do you mind repeating that text number a little slower? Mm-hmm. One more time. My friend. Yeah. Text hashtag Potent Truth to one seven eight one three three six zero one six zero. Okay. Awesome. And I am uh, also um, on your telegram channel that is growing and I love seeing that. Of course it is. Cause you're so aligned, um, awake and aware. And, um, I love what you share and, uh, and I appreciate everything that you share there that you've shared in potent leadership on potent truth on Instagram. And, um, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being who you are and doing all that you did to help people like me. And I'm sure there are just countless others that woke up to our own potency and uh, it's real. And there's also other deeper ways to work with you. But once people get into your community, they will discover that um, if they feel called. And of course, I would be the biggest advocate for anyone who feels called to work with you on a deep one-on-one level combo ceremonies. We didn't even talk about that. Um, uh, in potent leadership, the small container that you take mm-hmm. a small group of leaders through there. There's just a lot that you have to offer. You are a very busy, very aligned woman. And I'm deeply grateful for your service to so many. Mm, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show. I just, I, it's such an honor to 
when someone asks you to be part of their community and share space with their community. So thank you so much to our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being present for this conversation. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for listening to fire and soul. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.